April's episode of The Vegan Pod. Sunday the 23rd saw over 48,000 people take part in the London Marathon. And on this month's episode, we're joined by two of those marathon finishers to discuss all things running, training and veganism. Matthew Fordham is an NHS associate practitioner in frailty. He's run 10Ks, half marathons and full marathons and even an ultra trail marathon or two. And he's been fundraising this time for the Vegan Society in the London Marathon. And Emily Goyle is a plant powered mum of two and sober vegan, started running using couch to 5k and over the last few years has completed several half marathons and joined vegan runners firstly congratulations Matthew and Emily for completing the marathon on Sunday what a fantastic achievement how are you both feeling tired <laughs> <laughs> sore, very sore. I mean you're, you're both here the day after the marathon so I'm taking that as a good sign yeah neither, neither of you laid up in some kind of medical facility so great um uh, we'll we'll find out exactly how you got on in a moment, but you weren't the only vegans doing it. We spoke to vegan runners. They said they had 69 runners from their club running this year. And I'm sure there were many more vegans helping to prove that it is, of course, possible to not only survive as a vegan, but thrive and succeed on a, a wonderful vegan diet. Um, now, we always start by asking you um, about your journey as a vegan. And I feel in this case, we're probably, you know, join vegan and running together because it's always a bit and I hate using the expression chicken and egg it seems so inappropriate on the vegan <laughs> podcast but usually when someone has, has two passions they normally come together um, in some way so Matthew let's start with you when did you uh, when did you become a vegan first of all uh, so my vegan journey started um, probably just coming up two years ago now um, I was suffering quite significantly with my health um and following a chat with the gp they suggested that i stopped uh, consuming lactose for six weeks which i did um and then um soon after the six weeks was up my wife was encouraging me to reintroduce the lactose as the doctor suggested and i just couldn't face it i just couldn't go back to the way i was feeling before having felt so good for this six weeks and then just wanted to take it to the next step and it was purely at that point it was purely about health it was it was just about being healthy and supporting my sort of running lifestyle as it was then. Um, it's, it's really uh, interesting. Um, a couple of things that really interest me about that. A, that a doctor went to, um, you know, dietary issues, because that's so often, apart from if someone's overweight, you know, it's very seldom that they that seems to be a, a, a sort of intuitive call to make. It might be something to do with food. But also, that's quite a big thing to decide to not even try and introduce it back. Well, it, it was funny. I mean, I think I've been suffering for, for probably many years um, and not and probably normalised it and didn't put the two and two together. But that moment of feeling wonderful and healthy with all the other issues gone away, um, I, I just could not face going back. I just couldn't face it. I was really and, worried. And were you vegetarian at that point or were you a meat no. eater? No, I was a health, I would say a healthy, trying to be healthy as I could. So it was sort of, we had sort of vegetarian meals a few times a week, maybe the odd piece of fish and a bit of chicken. And, you know, it was always trying to be healthy, but not really under, fully understanding what healthy was, I don't think. So has um, it been a massive change for the whole family? It was, it was, it was <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. My wife, my wife was really supportive. She joined me 
in becoming vegetarian in the first instance, but um, she was struggling to give everything up. And within probably within months of, of me transitioning, she she transitioned as well. So we supported each other. Fantastic. And Emily, what about you and your your journey into veganism? So I was vegetarian from the age of 15. Um, and then it was good old Instagram. I just saw a video one day about four and a half years ago. And it was about milk and sort of the truth about how, you know, what happens to cows. And I just had no idea. And I felt really embarrassed that I didn't even know that this was actually how it happened. At that point, my daughter was about six months old so and I was breastfeeding. And I think there was something in, in that as well as a mum and seeing what happens to, you know, mother cows having their babies taken away from them. And it was just a real overnight, right, that's it. And then I kind of did a bit more digging it was in the December and I signed up for Veganuary, but literally I was like, I can't wait till January. I've got to do this now. I just can't ever eat egg or milk again. So I found out a bit more about the egg industry and that was that really. I haven't looked back. An interesting time um, to, to make that call. I'm just interested to know, as your daughter was reaching the age of weaning, did you mm-hmm. make that call to, that she would be vegan as well? So my kids are vegetarian and they're vegan at home because I don't buy any animal products at all. So they have vegan food at home. So when we weaned, yeah, she was predominantly weaned on vegan food. Um, But then when they started nursery and school, because the options weren't that great for vegans, they have vegetarian food at school. Although interestingly, I found looking at the school menus, a lot of the veggie options are just vegan now anyway, which makes it a lot more inclusive. Yeah, makes much more sense, doesn't it? Uh, so let's talk running. <laughs> I was going to say, which is what we're all here today. You know, we're here to talk about being vegan, but I mean, you guys just did a marathon yesterday. <laughs> um, so let's start with that and then we'll we'll backtrack to when you started running. So Matthew, how did your run go? Did you have a PB you were trying to be? You know, how, how was it for you? Um, well, this was my first marathon as a vegan. And to be honest, being the London, I just wanted to enjoy it. I, I, in my mind, I was hoping... I suppose maybe for a four hour, but I wasn't putting any pressure on myself. I just wanted to enjoy the event and, and soak it all up. And so what was your time? I did a 406. That's um, brilliant. That's great. It was, That's it was. really that is really great. Yeah. I was really pleased with it. But it, it was just it, it was an incredible day. The, I mean, the weather was pretty miserable, but it was actually such a fantastic event. I've never I've never experienced anything like it. <laughs> and, and I'm sorry to ask you your time, because I know that if you if you wanted better, you don't want to be asked it. But I also know as a runner, when you do any kind of event, that the time becomes important, even if it's just important to you, you know, that you notch it up. So, you know, if I've ever I've only ever done half marathons, but if someone doesn't ask me my time, I'm like, why are you not interested in my time? <laughs> I've just done a half marathon. Like, You should have more questions about that. Um, so no, four oh six is a very good time, and, and like you say, bad weather. I mean, oodles of people, you know, difficult scenario, and um, and you wanted to enjoy it, and I hope you did. And Emily, how about you? How did it go? Um, yeah, so I always say I'm not really a runner, but I have just run a marathon, so maybe I need to stop saying that. Um, I was aiming for six hours, so I'm pretty slow. I'm a plodder, um, but you know, I just didn't. En- just wanted to enjoy the experience wasn't too hung up on it about halfway through my knee started to really really hurt and I had to walk a little bit which was really sad and but the crowd were just amazing and really got me round it so in the end it was six hours 20 
Um, well yeah, so it was endurance by the end. I managed to <laughs> run the last couple of miles, so I was just through gritted teeth. Yeah, so I'm just pleased I got to the end. Well done. No, that is great. And this, it's horrible if you have to walk because you know, as someone who's been doing the training, that that moment of having to do any kind of walking could be the end of running because psychologically and physically once you've had to go down to walking pace it can be really difficult to to get back to running so well done for for mm. running the last step stretch well done both of you I'm very impressed like I say I've done half marathons but I'm 99% sure my body would not cope with marathons I'm not even gonna go there well I have so to say that the crowds the crowds were just superb I mean I had I had my name written across my vest mm. and on that on the last few miles the the cheers and the cries including my name they were calling my name come on and it just oh just you, you couldn't not finish it was just incredible it is powerful isn't it powerful stuff mm -hmm. so so Matthew when did you start running and were you always a kind of fit sporty kind of person you look kind of fit and sporty uh, no far from it I, I was I was um, quite overweight about uh, seven or eight years ago um, surprised myself on the scales one day and um, just needed to do something about it so that's when I started healthy eating and and tried running did the couch to 5k took me probably a few months before I could even run the 5k without stopping um, and then I discovered park run and I just do it kept going week after week and 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 that sort of atmosphere and camaraderie and support from everyone around you at the, at the park run sort of just spurred me on next thing I know I'm signing up for a half marathon and, and joining a running club and and it just kept snowballing and, and you know as the years roll by you make friends and certainly within the running club and 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 they're they're the, they're the ones that will entice you out they're the ones that sort of will message you and so are you coming to the club tonight and you know it just it just it builds and builds and builds and before you know it yeah <laughs> yeah it's good I mean I hear that a lot about park run I, I don't do park runs myself my life's a bit chaotic like uh, my running's a bit chaotic as well sometimes mm. I don't run for two weeks sometimes I run four times in a week you know so I'm not very good at being ordered but I, people say that you know you know the time it starts you've got to get there you know you've got to do it and stuff and Emily what about you how, how long have you been running for so I started running about four years ago so very about six months after going vegan um actually and very similar, I did Couch to 5K, um, but it took me quite a long time to, Couch to 5K gets you to run 30 minutes, but it's been on quite slow. So that I was doing about 4K. So I kind of had to keep building on it and building on it until I was doing 5K. And then I haven't done part run either. Um, but I just, I really enjoy running on my own, which is ironic, but I've just done a marathon with, you know, 47,999 other people. I just like the space and the time for me, really. So I did I did a 5K and then I did a 10K in lockdown and then I did um, a couple of half marathons. And after I did the Great North Run last year and said, never again, I'm never doing a big race again. And then about two weeks later, I got the phone call from Waterade saying, would you still like to do the marathon for us? And I was like, right, OK, I'll do that. <laughs> and you're, you're a member of Vegan Runners. Yes. Yeah. yeah so I joined even um, though you don't want to run with any people vegans yeah. or otherwise yeah, <laughs> reluctantly nice, joined it's <laughs> nice to just have that sort of sense of community I think and um I joined last year I did the London um, Vitality 10k and the lady who gave me my medal was a vegan runner and I was like oh I, I just need to join um so I joined them more just for yeah that kind of support network and Doing the marathon's been great. I've been in a WhatsApp group with the other vegan runners who were taking part. So it was really nice to just 
have other people to talk to and share the experience with and get some tips from those who've done it before as well. That was really handy. Um, I want to ask you both this because a friend of mine who's, who did uh, Couch to 5K asked me this. She said um, she, she'd got to, to the 5K bit and she said, but I, I really don't enjoy it. Like she said, It's hard. I don't like getting, you know, it's cold if you go, you know, the weather or anything. I, I really don't enjoy it. She said, when do you start enjoying it? And I thought it was a good question because obviously as runners we do enjoy it otherwise we wouldn't keep going out but it is hard and it is hard when you start when you can't do like a, a whole 1k without stopping and panting and you're sort of saying I'll get to that lamppost and then I'll I'll stop for a bit and I so it is hard to pinpoint but when you both started did you immediately enjoy running or did you hate it <laughs> and I feel I feel it's either one or the other by the way I feel it's kind of quite like you either oh this is great or it's like this is really hard work I think doing the uh, during during that that couch to five k, I, I think it was endurance. It it was it was being um, stubborn with yourself and making sure you just keep going. And I think I don't I can't remember really enjoying it until that moment where I did that five k for the first time without the walk. And then it was I can't I I can't say that I enjoyed it at the time, but that that sort of sense of euphoria, that sense of accomplishment soon after. That I've just done that I think that that's the thing that keeps you going and, and doing it again and then of course it, it snowballs into meeting people like I said with a with a park run you you meet people and then you might go to a cafe afterwards um, and it becomes a bit of a routine and, and you you miss it if you don't do it mm. did you hate it Emily yeah the first few weeks but I do think actually I probably enjoyed it a bit earlier on by just looking back at, on the app at sort of how far I'd come and then being like, oh my gosh, that first week doing a minute, was it like a minute walking and then a minute running or something like that? And that felt so different. And I remember looking three weeks ahead thinking, I'll never be able to run for five minutes without stopping. And I was three weeks later. And so just seeing that actually, if you stick to it and yeah, you might, like I said, I didn't get to 5K after the sort of the course, I had to keep going a bit longer. Um, but just being able to run for that length of time and just I think the key is to keep looking back at how far you've come and then it it did sort of kick in a bit sooner for me I think. I think it's a really good formula the couch to 5k 5k with how easy slowly it does start and how I think it acknowledges that for the vast majority of people who don't run a minute of running is really difficult mm. you know and if people say hey I'm gonna go running like I'm just gonna get some new trains I'm gonna go running I'm gonna go and run for a mile or two miles you know they're gonna fail because it's like it it is really difficult and yet it's also really easy I'm going to say easy I think it is really easy if you just keep at it to get to those goals isn't it um so let's talk about training um and diet and veganism for your London marathon because obviously as you as those runs start getting longer um you know food is and fueling is hugely important you know a what you eat before a run what do you eat during a run if necessary so so Matthew how 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 do you prepare diet wise when it comes to running it's taken it's taken some time certainly with the transition over to the vegan diet it's 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 a, a process process of experimentation and and finding what works for you you know I've made some some mistakes with eating things that didn't agree the next day middle of a long run which was not pleasant but you you learn very quickly and you just find the things that are right for you I mean the, the products that are coming onto the market there seems to be a new product every every few weeks now on the market it, there just seems to be an explosion of products so 
you know, we're not sure. It's just going out and finding the ones that work for you, I think. And I've been very so lucky. You don't have a, you don't have a kind of, you know, if it's my, you know, long run tomorrow, you know, I'm going to have pasta the night before. Or, you know, I do, I do, I do now. Yes. Um, I do. Now I've found the things that work for me. I mean, I'm, I'm big fan of sort of Sri Lankan curries and, um, lots no of wonder you were having a couple of times where you were like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have had that last night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But it's, yeah, it's just finding those things. Um, uh, you know, pasta works well. I, I tend to try and eat more for everyday life, sort of whole wheat, whole, whole foods. But I do find that the night before long runs it is actually better probably to switch over to a white pasta and just because it agrees with my tummy a bit better. And what about you, Emily? Yeah, well, I had a little bit of a curveball um, in my marathon training, actually, um, and found out that I've got type 1 diabetes. <gasps> oh, I'm sorry mm. to hear that, because that's a big deal to have to deal with, marathon yeah. training or not. <laughs> yeah, so um, I found out six weeks ago, so it's still relatively new. Um, so that was a massive shock and um, a lot to think about in terms of, of eating. So in sort of long story short, but I was told I've got type two diabetes after I had my daughter and it was misdiagnosed type one. So when you have type two, you have to be very careful about what you eat and carbohydrates and all of that sort of thing. So I've always been sort of careful that I don't have too much sugar and similar to Matthew, always stick to like whole grains and I don't really have sort of white pasta, white bread or anything like that. And um, just because I know that can really make your sugar levels spike. So yeah, in training, it's been quite tricky because I had to start taking insulin six weeks ago. So then working out how much carbohydrate I can have, how much insulin I need to take. But then obviously when you run, that brings your blood sugar down. So making sure it doesn't get it too low. So it's been quite a balancing act to try and find the right foods for me. But I found definitely having something fairly carby the night before and then having like porridge or just overnight oats peanut butter and a bit of banana on the morning of a long run sort of two hours before and on the plus side because I've got this I'm trying to see it as a positive I've got a um, sensor on my arm that I can just zap with my phone to check my sugar levels and it's been fascinating actually having different foods and then seeing the impact of that on my body and so that was something I had to keep doing yesterday during the run sort of every 20 minutes checking my blood sugar to make sure that it wasn't crashing too low um, and keeping on top of it. Wow, I, I want to just rewind back to the mm -hmm. beginning of this chat and like double congratulate you for oh, you. even staying with it because to get a diagnosis of having type 1 diabetes six weeks before the marathon, I think yeah. a lot of people would have said, I can't even, I can't even contemplate the marathon now. Yeah. You know, I need to, this is a massive, and I also feel I need to say for people because I think there's a lot of confusion around diabetes. So Type 2 diabetes is, is a diabetes that can be influenced and affected by what you eat and often can be a product of a poor diet and can be reversed with a better diet. And that was what you thought you had. Mm. Right. But you've got type 1 diabetes, which you are uh, interesting. It's such a late diagnosis because you're you're born with it or it's it's genetically there. I don't know the details of that, but I think yeah. it's important to, to stress those two differences. So you didn't get this diabetes because of poor diet. <laughs> no. And um, so what I've got is that it's a it's treated as type one, but it's um, it's called latent autoimmune diabetes in adulthood. It basically means that, yeah, a lot of people are diagnosed. It used to be called um, juvenile diabetes, I think, because it was usually picked up in children. But you can get it sort of later in life. And I've heard of quite a few people, actually, um, since I've been talking about what's happened to me and um, who've 
similar story would diagnose with type 2 but turned out it was type 1 so I have it's Basically, type one is when you've got an autoimmune antibody that attacks your pancreas and stops it making insulin. So I'd had a test and it came back positive. I've got this autoimmune antibody. So no wonder. And this was after pushing back, but I was being treated for type two, but it just didn't seem to be working. Obviously, I'm fit and healthy, but my blood sugar levels just weren't coming down. And that's because there was literally no insulin in my body process the sugar in my body. So, yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, as I say, extra, extra congratulations. And um, um, and so you obviously had this massive curveball happen to you. Did it did I suppose you're just trying to deal with that rather than think about what foods were necessarily great for the running? Or did you find some secret formula out of this? You sound very positive. I like to say I'm like trying to put a positive spin on this. Did you out of this diagnosis, did you come up with some winning running formula for eating? Yeah, I think like I say, combining different carbohydrates I found worked really well. So having like oats because they're quite a slow release carb but then with the banana to give you like that little bit of sugar um, and then having a protein alongside it slows down the release of the sugar into the blood so and it sort of lasts a bit longer so having peanut butter or something like that with it I found really really helps yeah so it's just about like combining foods so they don't spike your blood sugar so quickly. And I'm interested to know from you both I mean uh, I think attitudes to veganism are thankfully you know becoming much better it's becoming much more accepted and much more understood even for people you know who aren't vegan have no intention of being vegan I think you know most people know a vegan or have a vegan at work or and you know see us as normal uh, ish um and but I wonder you know so often the attitude can be you know oh how, where do you get your protein and are you eating enough and are you eating the right things and all of that I would imagine that really ramps up when you tell people you're training to do a marathon or that you do, you know, ultra marathons or you do half marathons or whatever. How has that sort of kickback been from people and, and how do you deal with it, Matthew, if you if you get any of that? I think I think a vast majority of people are very, very supportive. Um, we already have a few people in our in our running club that are vegans. And I, too, became a member of uh, the vegan runners as well. And the, the, the overall, I think, is very, very, very supportive indeed. I have been out, you know, when I'm wearing my either the vegan runners or during the marathon, with the um, vegan society um, top on. Again, most people very supportive but there are the occasional comment um derogatory comment and it does it does seem very very pointless to to make those sorts of comments but I think on the whole it has been for me a very very positive experience that's fascinating to think that strangers might shout abuse or you know like just anything negative at you because you've got something that identifies you as a vegan and that's it's kind of bonkers society never fails to surprise me in some of these things you know it's like I'm just making a choice that I feel might be kind and good for the environment and my health like what did you do today that was good <laughs> sometimes it's it's hard right <laughs> that's, that upsets me a little bit to hear it you know that's but like you say mostly positive and what about you oh, Emily? Absolutely. Um, yeah, my experience has been pretty positive, actually. And I remember I did um, a 10K last year and wore my vegan runner's vest for the first time. And I was really apprehensive and thinking, expecting maybe to get some abuse. But um, 
I think the first person that I made eye contact with was like, hey, vegan, I'm vegan too. And it just got us chatting. And then I had someone at the start line, you know, to have a nice conversation with. So I think for me, it's actually been pretty positive. I think there may have been the odd comment from people at work sort of having a laugh saying, oh, you know, maybe you need to eat a bit more steak or, you know, that kind of thing. But not, you know, generally people have been pretty supportive and understanding. What about your family, especially with your diagnosis of diabetes? You know, friends, any friends and family who worried and saying, oh, maybe maybe you shouldn't be vegan, you know, with all these other things that are going on and training for a marathon. And my grandma did say, have you told the doctors that you're vegan? And I was like, well, no, because it's got absolutely nothing to do with my diet. To be fair to my grandma, she's a big fan of the vegan range Aldi and she does have a lot of vegan ready meals. (laughs) yeah I think it's maybe I hope she's told her doctor how much vegan food she's eating <laughs> but no other than that everyone's been fine and like my husband's vegan as well so you know it wasn't a sort of a question in my sort of close family and yeah generally people haven't been too concerned I don't think well that's good that's good to hear mm. so I mean running is if someone's thinking of taking up a, a physical activity a sport running is a pretty easy place to start because obviously the first thing you need is a decent pair of trainers it's you know you need a little bit of free time you can set off from your house you don't need any other kit you don't need to go to a gym you know you don't need to fork out money apart from the shoes and it's obviously really good for your you know mental and physical health and and chatting to you two today you know you've just run a marathon I feel like we need to keep (laughs) clanging that chime every now and then they ran a marathon yesterday everyone they ran the London marathon well done so and you started with you know couch to 5k and you know as, as we saying that that first minute it can be like oh they're going to be able to run further than this and and then lo and behold you know you you catch the bug I'm hoping from our chat today that we're going to encourage a few more people to start running because like you Emily I'm a lone runner and I've had some of my best ideas while running I'll just say that I've had some great ideas I I come back and I'm like I really need to get in the shower and go to work or whatever but I'm like I just need to write this great idea down sometimes I leave myself an out of breath voice note about some great idea when I listen back to it it does sound like the ramblings of some crazy person who's been chased but you know I think it's really good for for your headspace and it can be really good you know when you're having a hard time you can work things out while you're running or you can just run and not think about anything so I'm a massive fan as you can tell and I think it's incredibly good for you I'm hoping we've convinced a few people what might you say this is I feel like this is a big thing because you've not come in here to be inspirational speakers <laughs> but what might you say to anyone listening who maybe just listens to the vegan pod regularly but but doesn't run who might be sort of thinking oh yeah I've got some trainers gathering dust what would you say Matthew I think I think the biggest takeaway from from my point of view is that it has helped with my mental health more than anything there have been so many occasions where I've come in from work and I've had a, maybe a stressful day or I've had an argument with somebody and I've come home and I walk in the door and I take it out on somebody here. I've then gone out for a run and I've cleared my head and you come back in and you're a nice person again. You know, you, you can be you, you can be in the worst of moods and you go out for a run and it just it, it just switches everything around. And I think I think that 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 for me is the biggest thing. But then I think also just being being around people, you know, like being at work, you have a conversation, and I'm hoping I'm going to have conversations following what we did yesterday. I'm going to have conversations. Because by the way, you could say following running the marathon. Let's keep following saying it. <laughs> <laughs> following running 
the London Marathon, I'm going to have conversations at work and I'm sure and I'm sure people will be inspired by it. And, and I have in the past where people have, have, have taken on the, the couch to 5K based on things I've said. And I think it's amazing. It's really interesting what you say about that coming in from work in a bad mood. I remember when um, I, I was a single mum for many years and when I used to come in from work and oh, my kids were, you know, I, I couldn't I couldn't go off for a run because they were too young to leave. My mum would come and stay for a few days and I'd come in from work and I'd be like, oh, I'm going for a run. And she'd be like, oh, but, you know, you, you look like you've had a really hard day. Why don't you come in and sit down and have a cup of tea? Like, no, mum, you're here. I don't I can go for a run. I can go for a really long run because there's someone here to look after my kids and I can I'll be better. I'd I don't need to sit down with a cup of tea and need to go for a run and she always used to find that hard to understand because she was thinking god the last thing I want to do after a hard day is go out for a run but you're absolutely right it's like no no this is exactly what I need while I've got somebody to to do that for me to to hold that space and have a look, a look after my kids for me Emily what would you uh, say to people to try and tip them over the edge into running <laughs> I think yeah just give it a try you know as I saying, you never regret going for a run and even if you're feeling like oh I really don't want to go today and like you say you've had a bad day and it's possibly the last thing you feel like doing just go and do it and um you feel amazing afterwards you always feel you know and even if it, if it's raining actually you feel even better because you're like I just went for a run in the rain and yeah it's just the best feeling and absolutely the benefits for your mental health I'm the same. I always have amazing ideas and come back and have to quickly write it down. And yeah, it's just getting those endorphins going. And I just think it is, I like going to the gym and I go and I do yoga and stuff like that as well. But there's something different about just being outside in the fresh air. And I try and run in nature as much as possible and get away from the roads and stuff. And yeah, it's just incredible and gives you a real sense of gratitude, I think, for what your body can do and for what's around you. That's a really good expression, isn't it? You never regret going for a run you know you never come back oh I wish I didn't go for that run ever except I did break my foot running once I kind of regretted that one (laughs) just running I didn't I didn't trip over or anything I just well I was like ow that hurt turned out I had a broken foot but you know that was fine I carried on running again after it got better the other thing I think about running is and I don't know if either of you two have um you know I've been running for gosh 30 years now so I don't know if either of you two have have uh, had the chance to experience this but I've run a lot in countries all over the world you know I always take my running stuff on holiday and I've seen things that I would never see I remember running in Morocco and we were staying in a, a, a sort of Riyadh kind of in the middle of nowhere but sort of just outside of Essaouira and I had to find a running and there wasn't really anywhere to there wasn't like there wasn't really anywhere to run but I wanted to go for a run and, and I was running along and I found that I had two goats running beside me at one point and then there was like a horse joined in and like dogs and cats I know and that was the, the sun was setting and it was like I would never have stepped outside of the walls of where we were staying probably because it was kind of like remote and everything we needed was inside if I hadn't needed to find somewhere to go for a run I've run on beaches in California and you know it's I'm making it sound like glamorous but these are places people would go on holiday but if you you know when you you have to get your run in you've got to find a route you've got to find some you've got to get away from the the busy streets and you've got to find yourself a running route and that's been a huge thing for me with running yeah I mean I, I do the same but um I I mean there's lots of apps out there that you can use with heat maps just to see where all the local runners are using and if there are any trails footpaths roads that um, people regularly use um, and that's my first go-to is to see where others are running that's a good point. Probably won't tell you where the goats are, though, Matthew. Do you want <laughs> well, to run with true. the goats? <laughs> no, no, this is true. But no, I have done, I've done, I've done very similar things. You know, uh, uh, I mean, last year I did Brecon. Just a month ago, I went up to Snowdonia, 
and you just look at heat maps and see where people are going and and, and make up some routes around there brilliant and have you got any secret tips that I might not have th things that I haven't asked you yet that maybe you could share with people I, I you know ideally about your diet obviously because this is the vegan pod you know is there any anything that you're like oh I couldn't do without this or I found this kind of secret recipe that you want to share with people secret recipes uh not so much recipes but I do I mean I do like I do like making sort of oat cookies and there's lots of lots of products there's lots of lots of vegan gels out there now um that are nice and easy on the stomach um they're good for during runs mm -hmm. um I was actually very impressed that there was a a lovely oat bar in the in the bag following the marathon nice. that was vegan that was vegan and um, yeah that's nice my daughter had mine <laughs> <laughs> Just, it's been such a long time since I've done a half marathon or a running event that I forgot about the goodie bag it's always really yeah. exciting isn't it <laughs> so yeah great that there was a vegan oat bar in the goodie bag yeah. I love I love that and and what about you Emily have you got any uh any secret things or or maybe not so secret things that you'd like to to share with people when it comes to diet and running yeah similar I've really you know I found most of the gels on the market now are vegan anyway so that's really easy and you can get a lot of vegan protein powder so I quite often make just during the week like a quick breakfast like a smoothie bowl and people are always disgusted by this but I have frozen cauliflower in it which is so good for you and you cannot taste it I promise but I'll have that with some like protein powder and um, maybe some cacao powder a bit of peanut butter and they make really tasty smoothie bowls um, and the frozen cauliflower just makes it like quite thick and creamy, but you don't actually, it doesn't taste of cauliflower. And I'll I love that. I said, have you got any secret, secret oh, recipes? Yeah. Frozen cauliflower in your yeah. smoothie. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. It's amazing. And with a bit of banana as well. Really good. And then actually during my runs and um, so for the marathon yesterday, my mum made me some vegan flapjacks, which I had sort of on my way around just to give me a bit of sort of longer acting carbohydrate to keep me going and to keep my sugar levels stable so yeah mm. and what did you eat on the way around Matthew uh lots of gels I think I got through about seven of them in the end <laughs> which is just, uh, more than I would normally do but um I was I was trying to I was I was experimenting with because normally when I do my trail runs I've got I've got you know it's basically an all-day picnic I've got I've got bars and pretzels and bagels and all sorts but because this was a sort of a uh, I would say a shorter road run um I was experimenting with I love that you gels. just called the London Marathon a short road run <laughs> well <laughs> when you when you do an ultra when you do an ultra marathon on mountains you you're out for maybe eight or nine hours mm. so it's, it's probably more than twice the length that I've just done on the London but it's only a few miles more but it's because it's on mountains but it's I, I liken it to being an all-day picnic because you you can't run as fast so this was quite different. This was outside my comfort zone doing this. Interesting. Uh, Emily, are you uh, are you hearing Matthew and thinking, hmm, ultramarathon, maybe I could give one of those a go? No, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like your honesty. I like your honesty. <laughs> Well, listen, thank you both so much for coming on today, the day after the London Marathon and yeah, and spending your time. And, and how are you feeling, by the way? Obviously, you both seem quite perky. Have you got any, uh, Emily, you mentioned your knees being bad halfway round. How are they today? Yeah, still a bit sore. I've been for a massage this afternoon, which I think was brilliant planning. <laughs> um, so I'm very glad that brilliant. I did that. And I've just been, yeah, taking it quite easy today. So 
Not too and, bad, just a bit achy. And what have you eaten today or last night as some amazing uh, treat? I had a vegan burger last night. Mm. <laughs> and then, yeah, today, I'm not very excited, really. Just crumpets and almond butter. And yeah, and I've, actually, my best friend got me a cake when I finished yesterday with a big well done, Emily sign on it. So, oh. um, yeah, <laughs> so I've been eating that throughout the day today. Lovely stuff. And and you, Matthew, how, how are you feeling? Any any particular aches and pains and what have you tried? Uh, d- d- there's a little bit of soreness there, I have to say. I mean, I'm okay walking around the house, but leaving London this morning, up and down sort of all the stairs to the tube was um slow and painful but um yeah not too bad but uh, yeah we had a cracking meal last night we went out to a pub and uh, i went straight for a nutribol um just loads of like quinoa and I think you're supposed to have the burger that Emily had. (laughs) I was just, I was just crazy because I've been, I've been on gels all day. Yeah, craving some proper food. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. good stuff. Lovely. Listen, thank you both so much, as I say, for for giving us your time today. It's really great to hear your story. You've inspired me because like I say my my running is a little bit um all over the place sometimes I do a lot sometimes not so much but yeah I think I better I think I better get out there for a run tomorrow morning rain or shine uh thank you so much Emily and Matthew for joining us on this month's episode it's been an inspirational chat I'm sure it's given some listeners some motivation to lace up those trainers and get out there I know you've both been doing fundraising for the marathon are listeners still able to donate and if so where Matthew uh, yeah, I believe the um, Just Giving page is staying open. It was There's a, a wonderful link on the uh, Vegan Society's uh, Facebook page. It's probably the easiest way to get to it. Okay, lovely stuff. And what about you, Emily? Yeah, so I'm fundraising for WaterAid um, and the link is in my bio on Instagram. So I'm the Plant Powered Mum on Instagram. Lovely stuff. Thank you so much for your time. But as always, we'd love to hear from you. If you have any comments on this episode and you'd like to tell us about your running journey, you can email us on podcast at vegansociety.com or you can follow us on Twitter at Vegan Society or on Instagram at the Original Vegan Society or on Facebook. And for further information on how to fuel yourself for success and to hear more inspirational stories, visit our vegan and thriving pages on the Vegan Society website at vegansociety.com. And we'll be back for another episode of the vegan pod next month so if you enjoyed the discussion today don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode